John chapter 6 is where we're going to be out of this morning, and I, and I want us to, to hear the message, not just of a, of a Savior who can walk on water, but I want you to hear the message of a Christ who loved you so much that he went to the dark cross of Calvary to die for you, and that he rose again to prove victoriously who he is. And this, this very nature of who Jesus is, we, we have a lot of definitions as to who Jesus is in the world today. Everybody's wanting to redefine what's right. And what's wrong? They want to redefine this, this character that we see in Scripture, but, but honestly, we know who Jesus is based on John chapter 1, the, what you just watched. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a prophet. But, but guys, Jesus is creator. Jesus is, is God. And we serve that Christ today. John chapter 6, look at verse 1 there. It says, I'm sorry, verse 16. John chapter 6, verse 16. It says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea got into a boat and started to across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had yet come to them. Verse 18, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near to the boat. And they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. And they were glad to take him into the boat, you think? <laughs> and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. Father, we thank you for your word. God, as we, as we dig into this today, I, I know a lot of us have heard this story since childhood. Lord, we've, we've, we've thought about this story. Lord, we know the, the, the account here of, of Jesus walking on the water. We know Matthew's account of Peter stepping out of that boat. Lord, we know this story. And, but Father, what we desire today is to know your son more. May we see the very character of who Jesus is in this today. And Lord, may it not just be for knowledge's sake, but Father, would you empower your church to leave these doors to proclaim the gospel wherever we go? Father, that's, that's the call. That's why you came. That's why you sent Christ for for our sins, is that we may be a church that is on fire for you. Your most holy name. Amen. Amen. I've heard people say about this story, and I've studied about it quite a bit. I've heard it since I was a kid. I, I probably cut out little, you know, colored pictures of Jesus and put them on water, you know, and, and took it home to my mom and she put it on the fridge, right? And, and I was very proud of that, that I understood that not only was Jesus just a, a little baby boy in a manger, but he's also the savior of the world and he's able to walk on water. That's a really cool story. I like to think that my Jesus can do all things because he's the creator of all things. But in this story, again, what we see is this very clear picture as to who our Christ is. Some people would say, well, you know, that Jesus wasn't really walking on water. He's just walking on the shore. Have you ever heard that one before? It's kind of like when people try to discount, you know, that, uh, that, the, that the, the Red Sea fell in upon Pharaoh's army. And everybody says, well, you know, Moses, they just walked across a very thin amount of water. It wasn't really that big a deal, which it's still a miracle if a little bit of water can drown a whole army of men, Right. People are always trying to, to discount what Scripture teaches us and what Scripture says here. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't go with what we're reading. It, it presupposes that maybe these disciples just had no attention span. 
<laughs> they were just like, oh yeah, Jesus is walking on water when actually he was on the land. I mean, are we really going to say that these guys didn't know the difference? I mean, you had some fishermen on the boat. They had spent their lives on this water. They knew what the water looked like when it was smooth and when it was a storm. But they saw Jesus walking on the water, not on the shore. And, and when we think about that for a moment, you know, we know that Jesus is powerful enough. He's able to walk on water. And everybody that's a believer says, amen. We know that. We know that Jesus can walk on water. It's a beautiful picture as, as to who our Savior is. But again, I want, us, I want to draw us in more. And what we've been doing over these last several weeks is who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus that we speak of? I know today a lot of us know him. And maybe in some respect, I'm preaching to the choir. But even more importantly, I believe the choir needs to get active about advancing the gospel. We don't need to come to church and just sing, but we need to be singing to the world of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Jesus walking on the water is a great story for us to tell our kids, but it's also a great a great true story that enables us, if we think about who Jesus is, to live by his power, to go from this place, not just as complacent Christians who just want to, who just want to get by. I believe the church is full of saved people who never go out and tell anybody else about the good news that they have. Shame on us. If we never tell about the goodness of God in our own life. And I believe a lot of that comes back to this little thing called fear. Everybody say fear. You know, Satan, I believe, with great success, has used fear to destroy the work of our ministries. We get afraid. We sit down to a business meeting. I don't know if we got enough volunteers. Well, we hadn't budgeted for that, right? We do that kind of thought in our head. Maybe you personally, you're like, well, I can't go talk to that person about Jesus. I went to high school with them, right? I can't talk to that person. I'm married to them. Well, maybe you can't. I don't know. There's premarital counseling for that, or marital counseling. Not premarital. I don't guess that would make sense. But when you think about it, we let fear rule our lives so much of the time, do we not? Like fear just holds us back. It, it keeps us from going forward. And I believe Satan uses that. And, and that's a great tool that he uses against us. But church, let's go back to the story, to what we're talking about today. If Jesus is powerful enough to walk on water, he's powerful enough to propel us through this world to, to tell people about who he is. He's able to do that. I'm amazed at how God works in the lives of his church. I'm, I'm sitting here today with a lot of my families here. What a blessing that that is. I got my, my, my old DOM. He's here today. So good to see you guys. Shelby, it's so good to see y'all. But you know what it really comes down to this morning, what I want us to understand is that it, if it wasn't for Christ, we wouldn't even have power, power enough to do anything. I couldn't stand up here and preach. I told you guys last week, I'm not that interesting. I really don't have anything else to preach but the gospel. That's all I have. I can tell you funny stories and you can fake laugh and then we all go home happy. We can do that every week. But the gospel is the, the core here. And Jesus didn't come just to walk on water. And in this story, we're not just seeing his power displayed, but we're also seeing an introduction to who he is. And really, the description he gives of himself here is the same description that we get in Matthew 28. And we, we're going to parallel Matthew 28 a lot throughout all of this because I believe that the, Matthew 28 is that great command for you and I. So I don't want us just to know who Jesus is, but then I want us to go and do something about it. 
Look at Matthew 28. Hold where you're at, but go to Matthew 28, starting verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I like this one, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In the first story and in this one, we see uh, some parallel characteristics as to who Jesus is. And the first thing I want us to look at this morning is this, is that Jesus is always with us when we follow his commands. Everybody think about that for a moment. Just chew on that. I'm not, I'm not one of those feel-good preachers who's going to tell you. We're all God's children. Well, not everybody's God's children. I'm pretty sure that there's some people in this world who are not God's children because they do not follow God. But for those of us who have been redeemed, amen, for those of us who have been redeemed, Christ, Christ will always be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. What we see here in the first story, we see where the disciples are called to go. I'm sure there's some dialogue here that we haven't, we, we just don't, we're not privy to, but I believe Jesus probably said, hey, you guys go get in the boat. I'm going to, I'm going to go over here and I don't know, go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee and, and I'm going to meet you down by the, by the water. So you guys wait for me there. So they go and they get in the boat and they get out there and they, they, the storm rises up and, and it says that, you know, even there that they're, they're not able to move. They're like in these doldrums. They can't go this way or that way and the storms and they're just scared. And then along comes Jesus. Now, that's interesting because what we need to know today is that Jesus had apparently directed them to go out into the water and they went and they were scared and they were without hope. They had no way to get back to shore. But Jesus never left them, did he? Jesus was always with them. I, I, I see this today. that It doesn't matter what you and I are going through. Jesus is always there. Have we forgotten that? I think sometimes we gloss that over in our, our spirituality and our Christianese, and we, we, we don't really get the power out of the fact that Jesus is always with us. Jesus is with us today, church. You ought to be a little bit happy. I, I see all y'all going, amen, yeah. Amen, Jesus is with me. You ought to be excited about that, that Christ is with you, the creator of the universe. I mean, the very Jesus that went to the cross to die for your sins is like, hey, let's walk together. But a lot of us are just like, ah, oh, don't push me, Daniel. I, I don't want to do more than I have to do. I don't want to, I don't want to have more responsibility on me than I have to. But really, that's not living the Great Commission life. Jesus commanded his disciples to go. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus does the same thing. He commands his disciples to go. But he also reminds them at the very end, they had to have been afraid. These disciples, see their Savior had died. Now he's risen. Now he's leaving again. And they're, they're like, what do we do? And Jesus leaves them with these words. He says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is never going to leave his church. He's always with us. And, and that's powerful because if we understand that he's with us, then we're going to get through it, right? How many of us are a little bit unsettled about what's going on in Ukraine right now? It's kind of scary, right? I was talking with, uh, with Brother Matt yesterday at the funeral, and we were kind of looking at this idea of, of, you know, what's really going on here. It's more than just a war. You know, I believe there's other things at work here. 
I don't want to get all prophetic or whatever, but, but what we need to know today is that I believe there's other things going on in Ukraine right now. I know as Southern Baptists, we've invested in Ukraine. We've, we've sent missionaries there. We've sent go student trips there. And now, now I see why. Because these people needed to know about Christ, to live for Christ, to go through this dark time. And I believe that even through this, God is going to be glorified, don't you? But I think there's other things at work here. You know, I don't want to like demonize Putin, but he's a demon. I don't really want to say that about him, but he is. You know, I mean, there's just some, some really dark stuff about Putin. Anybody can go and do what he's doing. I mean, apparently there's something dark going on there, right? Even though he may throw some, some Christian thought out there every now and then. I mean, what he is doing is just plain evil. And so here we are, America, the free nation, and we're kind of in one of those situations that if we help, then we probably start a war, and if we don't help, then everybody hates us. That's where we're at. Where's the peace in all this? I'll tell you where the peace is at. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Guys, if World War III breaks out, we've still got Jesus. If COVID rears its ugly head again and happens in worse ways, we still have Jesus. If Daniel preaches for two hours today, you still have Jesus, right? Amen. You still have him. Back in World War II, there was a a young man you may have heard about before. His name was Winston Churchill. You ever heard of him? This is what he had to say about fear. He said, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Church, we can act in fear in whatever way. Business of the church, ministries of the church. We, we can act in fear in these ways. Your, your, your personal life, the decisions you make at home. We can act in fear, or guys, we can make a decision to live courageously. And I don't know about you guys, but after reading about Jesus walking on water, I believe we have the power to be courageous because if Jesus can do that, surely he can work in our lives. Surely he can push us forward. And because of that, you and I can have the peace that passes all understanding down in the depths of our heart. What a joy that that is today. The second point we want to look at this morning is that Jesus will never allow us to fail when we follow his commands. Again, let's go back to the premise here. We're following his commands, okay? He's not going to leave us if we're following him, which makes sense because you're following him. If, If you're following Jesus, he's never left you. Also, he's not going to allow us to fail. You know, some six months ago, you guys said, hey, let's take a chance on Daniel. Let's see what happens. You guys weren't just rolling a dice. I mean, I I know you you heard me preaching. You're like, this guy's like the best preacher we've ever heard in our life. We have to have him in McLeod. I know that's what was going on in your minds. It's not. But but in some ways, isn't there a little bit of fear when you get a new pastor? You get a new person in your life. You get there's a little bit of fear that happens there, and we can say, "Well, Lord, what what's going to happen? What if we fail?" Let's look from Daniel's perspective. I left a church, a loving church, of 17 years with family there, and, and just everything. We were integrated into that society there to come to McLeod, Oklahoma, and I could have. There was a lot of fear in my heart. I'll be honest with you guys. But what I get from this story, and I know a lot of times you guys think, well, Daniel's preaching at me. No, I'm preaching at me this morning. So when I look at this definition as to who Jesus is, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's never going to be the, the, the God that throws us out there and winds the clock and just leaves. 
Now, Jesus will never allow us to fail either. Whatever he's called you to, he's gonna, you're going to be seen through. Think about this for a moment. In Christ, failure is not an option or a possibility. Now, I know some of y'all say, well, we may fail at something. I, I want to say overall, the church will never fail. Overall and spiritually speaking, if you're a believer that has been redeemed, you're never going to fail. Because here's the thing. If you're saved, are you going to heaven? Okay, we got a bunch of Baptists out there today. We were once saved, always saved, right? We have assurance of salvation. We believe this. We're not going to fail. So anything that God leads us through, if we're following him, we're not going to be failing. In Christ's failure, it's, it's just not an option. It's not a possibility. And as we follow Jesus, we understand that all that we do is for his glory. I'm up here preaching today not just because, well, y'all, y'all pay me a check. I'm preaching because I want God to be glorified through his word today. Whatever you do, it's for his glory. And if God will be glorified, then we know that we're not going to fail. If we're seeking Jesus and we're following after Jesus, then we know we're not going to fail, even though we might be in a boat that looks like it's about to tip over and sink to the bottom of the ocean. Did you guys see that uh, report this week of a ship they'd found from like uh, over 100 years ago, like 107 years ago, that had sunk in Antarctica because the ice had crushed it? And this, this ship's like at the bottom of the ocean there. And it's like pristine. Like you can still see the, the wheels and the ropes and everything. It was just like, like it had, it just sunk yesterday or something. Church, I, I don't believe Jesus wants to just preserve us underwater, but he's going to preserve us above the water. And we're going to go forth and we're going to do some great stuff. Not because we're good, but because he is. And so Jesus will never allow us to fail. I just, I believe that. Did the disciples fail? Answer it. Did the disciples fail? They failed some, but overall, they still went through, right? They, they were terrible sometimes. You know, in this same story that we're reading in Matthew's account, Peter decides to step out of the boat. Does he fail in that situation? Not only does he fail, but he falls, right? Big time. But even through that, Jesus is glorified. And what we know about Peter is he becomes like this great big father of the, the first century church, right? Overall, it didn't fail. And so for following Jesus, for following who he is, we are not going to fail. That's, that's comforting to me. As you come into a new church, or you come into a new ministry, or you, you know, you're working with people that maybe need to know about Jesus, and you're talking to them, that whatever you do for God's glory, you're not going to fail at it. Because we have Christ. And it, all those points kind of run together, right? That he's always with us. And so if we're following him and he's always with us and whatever he's called us to, we're not going to fail because whatever we're doing, if we're following him, is for his glory. I don't know what's going to end up in Ukraine, but what I do know is that God's going to be glorified. I don't, if you've gotten a terrible medical diagnosis, I don't know how it's going to turn out for you. But what I do know is that Jesus is going to be glorified through it. I've lost people in my life that I just didn't understand why they had to die so early. But I know someday, again, I feel defeated in some of these areas, very real. But I know someday I'm going to understand because Jesus is going to show me, you know what? There was no failure. There was no bad that happened there. If anything, I've turned it into good. That's our God that we serve today. And Jesus says he's, he's walking on this water. You know, I think, I, I just have to think about this. You know, Jesus already knew what was going to happen, right? I think Jesus was kind of like that uh, honorary dad. I'm that way with my kids. I think Jesus was like, well, I guess I'll go out in the water and see how scared these kids are. And so Jesus is walking across the water. You know, he's, he may be laughing a little bit deep down, you know, like, I bet, 
yeah, I'll bet Thaddeus is crying right now. You know, I'll bet that, that crybaby Thaddeus. I bet he's thinking stuff like that. And they're walking out to the boat, right? And, and he's like, you know, of course, Matthew. Matthew's over there trying to calculate, like, you know, uh, like how deep the water is and how long it'll take them to see. They're doing all this kind of stuff, right? And Jesus is probably thinking this. But I believe there's a little bit of joy in Jesus' life, too, because he understood that he was going to teach them a lesson there. Through that hard time, I believe these disciples never forgot that night. Whenever they were meeting in, you know, uh, like pastors' conferences later on or whatever, you know, they were coming together. I bet they would say, hey, you remember that time we was on the, out there on the sea and Jesus was walking and we were about to die? You remember that? I got some dear brothers in Christ. We went to Honduras a few years ago, right in the middle of a civil war. <laughs> and we, you know, that's usually what we talk about. Hey, remember that time that they were shooting over our heads? That was pretty cool. That was awesome. You remember those those tanks? You remember all that stuff that's going on? We, that was pretty neat, you know? Remember that time we almost drowned in the river because it was raining so hard? And we they told us, hey, turn that pump on to pump the water out of the boat. And we were like, where's the pump at? And they handed us a bucket. And that was our pump, you know? It's like, all right, don't die, Daniel. I believe that they had that same story. But even through all of that, Jesus is still glorified. When we think on the travels of, let's say, the Hebrews, was there failure on the Hebrews' part? There was, but ultimately, God is glorified. Amen? We think about the plight of King David to be king. Did David ever fail? <laughs> yeah, he did. David David was this guy that, man, he, he didn't just fail. You know, he's kind of like, you know, hit big or miss big, right? He was like a, he was like a, a Babe Ruth of the kingdom, Hit big or miss big. And here we see that even through all that, God is still glorified. I think it's interesting because we're really quick to like label people within the church. Well, they're a sinner. You don't want to hang out with them. They, they say the F word, you know. That person over there, they, they drink. That person over there, they smoke. That person over there, they just live a life that's wrong. We sometimes get that way. But what we see in the life of David is that David did all those things probably. He lived a life that was terrible. But at the end of the day, what, what do we say about David's? He was a man after God's own hearts. That tells me that ultimately God wins. That failure is not a part of the believer's life because we serve a God who's victorious. Serve a God who's victorious. How about the construction project and the expedition of Noah? He built a boat, an ark. How many of you all have been to the ark? I haven't yet to be there. I know a lot of bunch of y'all have been. It's pretty cool of what I've heard. I heard they were going to build a tower of Babel. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not, but they're going to do it, right? Just down the hill, we're going to have Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, we're just going to recreate all this stuff, right? But but what I've heard about, <laughs> I hope they don't do Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> that, that would be terrible. But all of this, we see that, that Noah, you know, he builds a boat. Because why? Because God told him to. Did God ever leave him? From what we know, he never ran out of gopher wood, right? He never ran, he never ran out of tar and pitch. He sure didn't run out of animal poo, I'm sure. He had everything he needed. God provided it. Why? Because he never left him, and he wasn't going to allow him to fail. And the cool thing is, is that if Moses, or Noah, if Moses too, but if Noah had failed, would we be here today? We spend a lot of time in the church, in this society, talking about race, when the fact of the matter is we all come from the same place. How ridiculous is that? 
talk about racism all the time. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. Like we've, we found out some, some neat her- heritage type stuff lately. I had some, I had some Scottish people that fought, you know, some major battles and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Some Native American heritage there. I, I, I'm, I'm proud to know all of this, but honestly, we all come from the same place. Why? Because God was good. God spoke to Noah. Noah listened. Noah experienced a God who never left him. He experienced a God that didn't allow him to fail. Today, even on a very real scale, we can look around and we can say, you know what, I don't care what color your skin is, we're all, we're all blessed by God to breathe today because of someone else's faithfulness, but ultimately because of a God who's powerful enough to do all that. He's powerful enough to do all that. May we be a people today who seek to remember that in all instances that God is glorified. So I guess the question, are we going to allow God to be in our lives? Are we going to trust and know him today? I know a lot of you, y'all been saved your whole life, right? You were, you were saved in third grade. And you went to church your whole life. You've been in McLeod your whole life. You've been in Oklahoma your whole life. You, you've always followed Jesus, it seems. We need to be a people who are on fire for Jesus every single day. There are people right now in McLeod, Oklahoma, that if they were to die, they would go to hell. That should affect us. That should bother us. It should bother us enough, you know, as we, a lot of you guys are really committing to doing like the who's your one stuff and all of that. We ought to be doing that without a program. I like that the who's your one's there, but, but honestly, a program, unless we apply it and use it, it's not going to do anything. I, you know, I just ordered a whole bunch of paper from, from, you know, from NAM, and that's, they're just going to f- figure it out and send it to me, and here we are. But as a church, here's where we need to be. Our hearts need to be dedicated to telling people about Jesus. And why is that? We have a reason to. We understand that Jesus has never left us. I have to say, Jesus has never left Daniel. I may have left him sometimes had bad thoughts or bad attitudes, but Jesus has never left me. Jesus is not going to allow me to fail. Overall, I believe God's going to be glorified with the life of Daniel. That when I die, I don't want people just saying, well, man, he was a good old boy. He was funny. He was like the funniest pastor I ever had. You know, I don't want people saying, <laughs> quit laughing over there. But the, the, thing, <laughs> the thing is, is that all of this stuff, right? At the end of the day, what I want people to say is that guy loved Jesus. That was someone who God redeemed. That was someone who I never saw that I didn't see Jesus there too. (laughs) That's someone who had his failures, but at the end of the day, he was a success in God because God is powerful. God is powerful. Jesus will never allow us to fail. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28. Understand, these are the same disciples, right? They were on a boat. Now in Matthew 28, he's telling them to go. Going what? Well, because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Somewhere along the way, we've kind of, you know, we've gotten to a point, I think, in the church that we just want to keep the doors open. <laughs> that preacher better show up and preach a sermon, you know. That, uh, the worship leader better have, have some songs today. That's like our thought when we come to church. When honestly, when we come to church, we ought to think, God, how can I glorify you today? How can I go from this place? I know we all get tired in church. We get wore out. We get, you know, 
Sometimes we'd rather just stay home and sleep. I know, especially this morning, because we lost an hour of sleep. Thank you, government, right? We lost an hour of sleep. There might be other things we could be doing today, but if we're here today, let's be a church that understands that God is also calling us to go from this place. There are people in your lives today that need to know about Jesus. I try my best to reach everybody I get in contact with, but honestly, a church that's going to grow, which we're experiencing it, post-COVID, post-everything that this church, that this community, that this world's been through, our church will grow if we as the body decide, you know what, we're going to go out here and tell about the goodness of God. That's how we grow. I can preach some blue in the face, but if you and if myself are not adamant about the gospel enough to go out here and to tell people, then it's not, you know, we'll probably stay about like this. And is that okay? Well, it's okay for us, but I believe God wants more. God desires more for this community. John 3.16, we know that Jesus, he didn't come just to die for the Baptists. He didn't come just to die for those that, of us that can enjoy that verse and we memorize it, but Jesus, Jesus came because God sent him. God so loved the world. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be living in McLeod, Oklahoma, preaching. Sometimes I'm just like, I wake up, I'm like, is this real? Like, am I dreaming right now? You know, like, like I walk in the office on Monday morning and it's like, Eileen greets me and she's like, oh, my favorite person in the world. I love you so much. And she tells me that every Monday morning, right? She hands me a pie. It's just awesome. But yeah, I come to church some days and I'm just like, God, is this, is this real? Like, you know? I remember feeling that way at Porum too. Like we would just have some some amazing works, some uh, weeks of camp, or you'd have you know a, a, a Sunday where you had a bunch of baptisms or something. And you're just like, God, is this real? Life for the believer should be like that because we ought to be looking at our life and saying, Man, how did that happen? Well, if God's moving in our lives, I believe we're going to see some really cool stuff. We're going to see God do some amazing things. Because he's commanded us to go. He's not commanded us to sit still and enjoy the moment. He's commanded us to go. I hope that we're like um, like Noah, that this boat that God has instructed us to build here. I don't want you to think ark here. I want you to think like motorboat. You know, Brother Joe, you know what I'm talking about. A really fast motorboat. We need a boat that we can get around, you know. And we're, we're cutting across the, the open water, but you know what? We can also kind of put the trolling motor on. We're going to go kind of back in the backwaters there, and we can cut around trees, and, and we can do some bass fishing while we're there. But you can do all this kind of stuff, you know, that this is, this is what God has called us to as the church, is to be very mobile with the gospel. We're not just establishing a, you know, a steeple or a, a church that's beautiful, which, by the way, we, we have a wonderful place to worship, do we not? I mean, that, that's, that's such a blessing, such, such a sad thing for us just to be lazy and just say, well, let's see what happens. See what happens if we don't do anything. Well, if Jesus is calling us, and we know that uh, he's commanded us, and we know that he's not going to leave us, we know that we're not going to fail. And look at the last point this morning. Jesus is more powerful than any force we may face. Everybody say Amen. How big is Jesus? You know, I, I, I don't know, like size-wise, but I know spiritually speaking, he's bigger than anything Daniel will ever face in his life. I can face the worst, worst news. I can get through it. 
I don't just say that because that sounds good. I say that because I've experienced that. I've had terrible news in my life. I know many of you have had just the worst of days. But at the end of the day, Jesus was there. Our sister Tanya yesterday, one thing that she told uh, Brother Matt was that he asked her how she was doing after the loss of her husband. and She said, um, I just feel like I'm being held. I'm back there in the sound booth yesterday. I'm like crying. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like how beautiful is that? That someone going through the worst time, the worst storm of their life, that what they have to say about it is, you know what? I feel like I'm being held. That's the God we serve. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We don't have to fail because we're not going to fail. But he's more powerful than anything we're going to go through in life. Erwin Lutzer says that the unbelief and failure of man can never thwart the intended plan of God. Now, here's the thing. We can sit here and be a lack, lackadaisical in our faith. We can, we can just be a people who are just not going to apply what the Lord has done in our lives. We can just kind of sit back. But you know what? God's still going to be glorified at the end of the day. And if God's going to be glorified at the end of the day, I think it's time we get on that train, right? Everybody's talking about jumping on trains nowadays. You need to get on the Jesus train is what you need to get on. Hop on the Jesus train because that's where the ultimate success is going to happen. At the end of the day, it may seem like crazy times here in the United States or the world, but at the end of the day, Jesus will be triumphant. Jesus is more powerful than any force we may face. I, I know I could probably go around and ask, what, what, what are you dealing with? And some of you are going to say, I've got, I've got this going on. I'm going to like, man, that's tough. I don't know how you do that. But the answer to that is, is Christ. He's bigger than that stuff. And I don't say that just like, you know, as a preacher, well, I got to say Jesus is bigger than that stuff. No, Jesus is bigger than that stuff. Think about it for a moment. Not only does Jesus tell them to not be afraid, because it is I, but in Matthew 28, he reminds them again that how much authority is given to him? All. All authority in heaven? That's pretty cool, right? And on earth? Did Jesus prove that on the water? He, he could walk on water. So I have a problem when people try to explain away miracles in Scripture. You know, Jesus wasn't a dog and pony show. You know, He wasn't s- selling some type of snake oil as he was walking around Galilee. He, he was God in flesh, right? He was God incarnate. He's, he's walking the world and he's, he's doing these things because he has the power to do these things. What's even more impressive to me is that Jesus allowed himself to go to the cross knowing that he could have destroyed everybody that was there. Have you ever, ever thought about the, the thought that Jesus created the tree that he hung on? That Jesus created the minerals that were forged in fire to produce nails that would stick through his skin and through his bone? This is, this is a love that is beyond any kind of love I've ever experienced in my life. Joni and I, we were just talking the other day. We've been married almost 22 years, right? Yes. <laughs> we're getting to that point. We're like, uh, something like that. Close enough. 22 years this year. And, and like, I love her more than when we first got married. I thought I loved her then, you know? Sounds like a country song. I thought I loved you then. Okay. But anyways, that, that, that whole thought, though, is there's, a, there's a, like a huge amount of love between the two of us. Like, we even love to fight. You know what I mean? There's that kind of love that's between us. There's this love that's between us, but it's nothing compared to what the love of Jesus is. Even as good as that is, Jesus is better. 
He's never going to last to fail. He's always going to be with us. He's more powerful than anything we, we may face. Even though we try to fail, God's not going to fail. Jesus wants the disciples in this story. He wants the disciples, and he wants you and I, for that matter, to understand that his power is greater than any obstacle that we've ever faced or will face or can face. So our call today is to do what? To trust him. To trust him. Probably, I'd say 90% of the people in this building, I'd hope 100%, but let's just be realistic. There's probably 90% of y'all in here that believe that Jesus actually walked on water. I've I've heard some numbers lately that, you know, it's like 70% of the modern evangelicals don't even believe the Bible's God's word. I mean, there's some crazy numbers like that, you know, that are out there circulating or whatever. But if we can believe that Jesus walked on water, can we not believe that he can take care of our lives on the daily? I hope so. If we believe that, then we ought to believe that Jesus has set us free. I, I feel blessed today. I'm not up here bragging, but I feel blessed that I can, I can know that Jesus has saved me. I can't brag about it. I can't say, well, man, Daniel's awesome or whatever. I, I can just know, and I feel, I feel good to, to be able to say this, that it was Jesus that saved me and not myself. It was his love for me. We can argue eschatology all day. We can argue like, well, you know, is, is everyone going to be saved? Are you a Calvinist? Are you this? Are you that? Whatever. Here's what we can know is that we're commanded to go, and we know that Jesus can save people. And at the end of the day, he will be glorified. I can know that today. So I want to, I'm going to live in that. How about that? I'm going to sit here and argue these silly arguments. Some questions for us today as we kind of wrap this up. Do we trust in Jesus? Do we trust? How about this one? Do we hear the call? Jesus is out in the ocean. He's out there on the sea walking around. Those disciples heard him. I think it's funny. It says that they were glad to have him in the boat. <laughs> this cracks me up. We're glad to have you here, Jesus. I bet you were. You're a bunch of crybabies. You're, it's, like a, it's like a bunch of deacons out there on a boat crying, you know? <laughs> Did we hear that call today? Have you heard the call? Have, have, you, have you trusted in Christ today? Will we live out our faith based on what and who? Our God is. Are we going to live that way today? I told you guys, you know what? I didn't move to McLeod, Oklahoma just to sit on my rear end. I want to see God glorified here. And your desire as a church member, I don't want you showing up on Sunday morning just saying, well, I better show up on Sunday morning because Daniel will call me and say, where were you? I want you to come here today because you want to see God glorified. I want to see you go to work tomorrow or go go to the store tomorrow or go wherever you go tomorrow. I want to see you go in the power of the Holy Spirit as you tell people about Jesus because that's what God desires of you. That's what God desires of you. Looking at this, this beautiful picture of who Jesus is, he's always with us. It's never going to last to fail. And guys, I love it. There's nothing that can knock us down. There's nothing. No pestilence, there's no war, there's none of that that can even happen. Today, will we believe and live? Or will we cower and fade? So that's a big decision to make today, I know. We're going to believe and live or we're going to cower and fade? Is this, is this something that we need to make a decision on today? I think so. You know, Johnny's had some decisions to make this week, and they were like, well, take your time, you know, you know get, do this, make this decision down the road or whatever. 
Jesus today says, you know what? Today is the day. Enough's enough. May we choose to believe and live today. May we not be a people who just cower and fade. Isn't God good? The story of Jesus walking on the water, I hope we're looking at it a little bit differently now. We're like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of cool. You know, this is actually telling us who Jesus is. He's, it's the God that he is. Uh, he's, he's not just a guy that can walk on water, but, but he's someone who loves us enough that he never leaves us. He's someone who doesn't allow us to fail. And guys, he's someone that's powerful enough to control even the winds and the waves. And if my guy can do that, he can surely do all things. Philippians 4.13, it's a great passage of scripture, isn't it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody in sports, and they like to use that. We're going to beat the other teams because Jesus, you know. It's not what he's even talking about there. It's, it's talking about salvation. It's talking about life. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, that needs to be something we just, we live out. We're going to do missions. We're going to do evangelism within our community. We're going to continue to proclaim the gospel, whether it's illegal or not. We're going to continue to do this, not because we're good enough, because our God is moving in that direction. And if we follow him, he'll never leave us. He'll never allow us to fail. And guys, our God's going to get us through. At the end of the day, he's our, our full power. Don't you agree? I want you to bow your heads. We're going to pray. Um, today, if you're feeling the call of God in your life, whether you're, you're here or you're listening to it later, I want you to understand that you need to get with someone. If God is calling you to salvation today, I believe it. I don't think it's just an emotional response that we have. I think sometimes people do that, but, but I believe ultimately it's God who calls us to repentance. And if God is calling you t- today to salvation, I want to invite you to come to these altars or to, to meet me after service. Meet one of our deacons or leadership after service. The Bible teaches us that we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. But what God has given us in return is eternal life. It's pretty fair. It's not fair, but it's pretty good. All that we have left for us is death. But God and his glory and his grace, he offers us life if we would just believe. If God's calling you today, I want you to understand that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. It's that simple. Church, today, if you've just been complacent and lazy in your faith, I pray today that there's a little bit of a fire under your <laughs> under your seat, and you're like, you know what? I want to go see God glorified in my life. I want to go see people come to Jesus. That, that this whole evangelistic campaign that we're going through right now, I, I pray that it's not just a campaign, but Lord, it is an actual movement in our lives. That should be our prayer. God, would you do that? God, would you do that? We thank you for your words, how good they are, how they nourish our soul. Today, Father, I pray that you would draw people to repentance. I pray that you would draw people to seeking you 100% with their lives in your name. Amen.